0: over we're having a fasting slumber party and every time I start to plan it I start planning all these meals and all these things and then I'm like oh oh yeah yeah (laughs) welcome you're on air with ella where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts, and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now.
1: All right, guys, so we are doing something that I haven't done before, and I'm Ella's known it before either, but we are recording a podcast together that we are going to air on both of our shows because we've been chatting over the last several weeks about something exciting that we're going to share with you all, and we said let's just let's stop having these conversations one-on-one and let's just chat about it, record it, and share it with all of our podcast listeners. So Ella, how you doing?
0: Hey, well, what you don't know, Elizabeth, is I actually record every conversation that we have.
1: (laughs) Oh dear. I
0: call it insurance.
1: (laughs) You and the NSA, right?
0: (laughs) Hey guys, I'm Ella with On Air with Ella and
1: you are? I am Elizabeth Benton from Primal Potential, and I'm so pumped to be chatting with you today because you've had a lot of stuff going on lately related to fasting. And fasting is something that I have touched on a little bit with Primal Potential, and I do a lot of intermittent fasting myself. But you recently dipped your toes in the water of something much more intense, and I Initially, when when I saw that you were doing a, a longer extended fast, initially, I was like, uh, and I educated myself and I talked with you about it. So I would love to kind of recap for me, but also for everybody that's listening to Primal Potential. What have you been doing? How did you come upon this idea of extended fasts? And what did it do for you? What did you do? What did you do with some of your listeners? Kind of bring me up to speed.
0: Yeah, well, first of all, I'm not the first person and certainly will not be the last to call fasting the other F word. And (laughs) (laughs) there's a reason. And it's because whenever anyone talked about fasting uh, for some period of time, I wanted to sort of punch them in the face, Elizabeth. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean?
1: (laughs) Uh, Yes, because hungry, right? (laughs) I mean,
0: food. Food. food is my fa- my one of my favorite okay never mind we'll 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 move away from the F-word thing but food is right up there <laughs> with one of the things that I enjoy most in the world and so when people talked about fasting I mean frankly it felt very crash diety do you know what yes. I'm saying yeah uh-huh. and, I, and I hate that and I know that you do too and so I immediately sort of got my back up on that issue and then secondly like just not eating what is that like that doesn't sound like a good time
1: and why <laughs> like the short and food is good
0: for the love of all that is good why and and I I had a rather cathartic experience so while you might want to punch us in the face right now as we talk about that stick around because if I could be converted I think that there is some benefit in at least understanding the journey and understanding some of the why so so how this started of course intermittent fasting is all the rage you know it's all over the interwebs and everyone and their mother is talking about how they're a lean mean fighting machine because of intermittent fasting and 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 Elizabeth I know you've talked about it before I've done shows on the topic before. And frankly, I had my ups and my downs with it. Well, I found it to be a very viable strategy for actually accomplishing some of my own fat loss in recent history. But that experience just a little bit of dabbling in intermittent fasting and getting some really good results. And this isn't a show about IF, but we can chat about it later. That actually led me to reading uh, Jimmy Moore and Dr. Jason Fung's book, The Complete Guide to Fasting, because they cover a lot of protocols in that book, as you know. And I had Jimmy on the air on my show and and Jimmy Moore had, you know, he used to be morbidly obese, and he's lost, you know, hundreds of pounds in a ketogenic lifestyle. But he, he, he himself didn't start delving into the fasting world until recent history, and and he was, uh, like we were, he was reluctant, and then wildly fascinated by the results that he got. So long story short, I'm a fan of self-experimentation and also I have a big mouth. And so those two things led me to committing to doing a three-day fast when I was on the air with Jimmy. And I was like, oh, what the hell, I'll try it, right? Like, I'll, I'll see because I am not all interested in a magic bullet i'm not trying to lose 20 pounds in a day but i was in fact elizabeth trying to heal s- some residual gut issues some digestive issues that i've been struggling with honestly for like the better part of a year that had resulted in this weight gain that i that i alluded to previously
1: you say you did a 3 day fast when you say 3 day fast <laughs> do you mean like you didn't like no food for 3 days
0: Like, like what is that? Who would do that? My listeners and I, so we started this little small group and we did this fast together and we made some allowances, Elizabeth, for for several reasons. First of all, I have to say, get the book, The Complete Guide to Fasting. Elizabeth and I have both read it. We are basing our logic on a lot of Jimmy Moore and Dr. Fung's work. In that book, he articulates why it's acceptable to have a kombucha or two During your fast, why it's okay to have a little bit of black coffee during your fast? That's what hooked me. P.S. And (laughs) I was gonna say we wouldn't be friends if coffee was out. I mean, this this is non-negotiable, just non-negotiable. And then he actually used bone broth as a crutch during his beginning fasting days, and my group found that that was extremely useful. So here's what I mean by water fast. There are purists out there, Elizabeth, who when they say water fast is water fasting is water only, anything else is cheating, I say, well, kudos to you. You get the t-shirt. I'm just trying to experiment with my body, see what happens, and test out this as a healing protocol for three days. And so that's what I did.
1: I'm just going to keep jumping in because I want to make sure that we are on the same page as I can see the wheels turning. You talked about fasting a lot on On Air with Ella, and it's not something we've talked about so much on Primal Potential. And the fact that you said you're doing it for Healing, not as a magic bullet, not as a weight loss protocol, even though fat loss happens when you fast, but your intention was to help heal your gut, right?
0: Elizabeth, this is so important because I imagine, because I know your listeners, I am your listener. Like I know us and you know my audience as well, and we are not. In, to, quick and dirty, flash in the pan, magic bullet. I mean, that'd be great if there was Not one. Not for weight loss, anyway. <laughs> but, <yeah.
1: laughs> kidding, J.K. JK. <laughs>
0: You and I would be going against everything that we've ever talked about if we were like, hey, you wanna drop 18 pounds in a day? I mean, that is just not our jam. And our, not our, our people know that. And we're yeah. not cha- that nothing's changed, guys. Nothing's changed. But this is where this was the big epiphany for me. I started to understand fasting as a protocol for healing. Does it have the happy, like residual benefit of helping you lean out? sometimes but i went into this and we'll talk a lot more about this i know but my purpose my reason for diving into this experiment was entirely gut related and i've been really open with my listeners about the fact that i had like this crazy year last year i mean you know this because we're buds and i packed on some weight that i didn't need and i had like stress and hormonal imbalance and just all these all the all the things All the life. Yeah. Yeah. And I needed a reset. And I didn't need a crash diet. I needed a reset and I needed a healing time. And so I started to get my act together. You know, and I focused on sleep first because nothing else matters. (laughs) Right. Start there. And then I threw in this three-day fast because I felt that it would have some healing benefits for my gut because there's a a great deal of literature that says that it would and and it did. The entire experience was beneficial and has thus resulted in habits and residual effects still going that have helped. I'm back to my starting point. I'm back to where I want to be now to, to like, get better again and this journey started with me being able to reset my gut but but elizabeth i got a little tiny bit more work to do there and i'm super excited about what we're going to do together here which i know we'll talk more about but excited to go kind of one more time go the distance with you and with whomever wants to join us to kind of finish up that that housekeeping work that i started with three-day fast
1: So when I heard that you had done this, and you know, I think I had actually already read Jimmy Moore and Dr. Fung's book, when you started doing doing your show, I was one of the speakers on Jimmy Moore's low carb cruise last year. And so I, I watch his work and I, I love his commitment to experimentation and science, but I had some real questions about it and I had some concerns about it. Not the least of which was the mindset that I think is sort of this like, oh, next new shiny thing. Like this is the trick. No, the trick is your consistency day in, day out, what you do 365 days a year, not what you do for three or four or five days. Days like period the end. You know, I talked to you about it. I read the book, like I said, and then I did some additional research because I wanted to understand. You know, I, I work out a lot and I work out pretty intensely. Is it something I could do? And and why would I need to do it? What I'm in the same boat in your, in your that you are in a lot of ways. In that the huh, last year or so has been a rough ride for mm-hmm. me not only with life changes and stresses that absolutely take a toll on your body, um, but also with the the Hashimoto's diagnosis and some other inflammatory things going on that, you know, hey, my body needs something different. And is there something in this for me? And I've kind of come to the conclusion that yes, there is. And the leading thought that I had about this is I want to understand my body better. Mm -hmm. That's always my game. If I read the book and thought, oh man, I could lose you know 10 pounds in a week, that would have been a red flag. Hey, Elizabeth, this isn't for you, not right now. Mentally, your mindset about this isn't great. But because I know, I don't give a damn if I lose one pound, zero, or 10, that's not why I'm doing it. I want to understand my body better. And- I want to challenge myself. I love that. That's part of my personality. Like I like these sort of different challenges. I I like to push myself. But I just want to say, you know, to my listeners and, and even to yours, if you are all of a sudden having that shiny thing, let's jump on a bandwagon thought process... To me, that would be a red flag because just to skip ahead just a tiny bit, Ella, you and I are going to be doing an extended fast together, and we're going to be inviting people to participate in one of many ways mm-hmm. um, a- along a spectrum. And before we start to talk about the benefits of fasting and the benefits of extended fasts, and also talk about some of the real concerns about, about hunger, about maybe are you going to slow down your metabolism if are you if you do this? Are you going to have muscle wasting, muscle loss? Before we talk about those things, I just want to say that for anybody who is thinking, Oh, I'm going to lose weight really, really fast, if that is your motivation and you're distracted from something that maybe is really working well for you and you're going into this dieting mentality, you know if you've been there before, so you know what it sounds like in your head of like, yeah, 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 this is the next you know, magic bullet, then, then we just want to say stop now. Like, it doesn't mean that it won't be the time for you later, but if you – we are very, very sensitive, both of us, to dieting mentalities and quick fixes and magic bullets and shiny things. Guys, it's what you do most of the time that really makes the difference. And so if you are thinking about fasting as we talk about this more and we talk about how it works and what it means and break through some of the myths and explain physiologically and psychologically the benefits here – We just want to be really sensitive to the fact that for a lot of people, this isn't the right time. Would you agree with that, Ella?
0: I think it's so important. And I would add to that, that it's even potentially quite dangerous. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you're eating a diet, high in processed foods or low in nutrient density, because you're not eating enough or you're eating the wrong things, then, then dropping into a fast is potentially very, very harmful. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't want anything to do with that. (laughs) It's potentially quite harmful. So in addition to not being a good idea with where you are mindset wise, you know, it can have real physical ramifications. So let me, let me expand on that for just a moment. Couple things there. First of all, if you have a history of eating disorders or disordered eating, no, not the right not time right for now. You. No. Yeah. Not Maybe not ever, but not until you're well, well clear of that. Because frankly, this beca- can become a trigger for you or a control thing for you. And just, you know, you see the, the potential downside there. Secondly, there are specific medical conditions, and we'll share some of the literature in the show notes, that you should definitely not combine with fasting. Examples of that would be diabetes, unless you're under uh, medical supervision. Pregnancy, nursing, there are other conditions as well that simply shouldn't be combined with fasting. And Elizabeth, that is all to say that doing the research here matters. And so one thing that you and I both like to do is empower our listeners to become their own detectives, right? And to do their own research and to decide whether something is right for them and not just sort of go with the flow here. It's potentially a very, very bad idea. So uh, mindset-wise, Elizabeth, you said it so well. If this is something where that part of your lizard brain went off and was like, oh, I could try this. I could try that part of your lizard brain went off. No. (laughs) Come back to us later because we'll still this content will still be here. Come back when this is a, a better time for you.
1: Let's talk about the objections because I think in doing so, we can start to see where maybe people have been making some missteps. Maybe you've bought into this myth that you really need to eat every couple of hours. Talking about why fasting, I think helps answer who might really fit well into trying out something like this
0: elizabeth what do you say to the people who are saying but wait a minute i need i have been told that i need to eat every 90 minutes or i'm going to you know risk a lowered metabolic rate i'm going to completely shut down my metabolism if i don't even eat every 90 minutes
1: right or your body's going to like break down all your muscle tissue
0: yeah it's going to feed off my muscle instead (laughs) of my fat what what's what's the deal there
1: There's two different things. Let's talk about first this idea that we must eat every few hours to rev up our metabolism. And you guys who listen to me often, and and probably because I'm a simpleton, I really like the common sense approach to this. And the most obvious thing is the people sending us those messages. And when those messages really started being pushed into the mainstream, guys, it's people trying to sell us food. You know, like when food became big business, we started seeing the perpetuation of these messages that we need to eat all the time. Let's understand that food always was not this multi-trillion dollar industry like it is now. I mean, it's insane, right? And I love the common sense approach of, did we evolve that way? And if we think back to our Paleolithic ancestors, do you think that they had food security every few hours? not a chance. So the human body didn't evolve to eat every few hours. That is something we have really adopted because of advertising, because of the number of businesses that only exist to sell us food to get us to eat more and more often. In the book we've been talking about um, with Jimmy Moore and Dr. Fung, they they reference the the increase in meal frequency. Just from the 1970s, we really ate more like three, three times a day, people were eating, right? Pretty predictable. And in the early 2000s, that number had increased to six. And honestly, I think now it's more than that if you think about the snacks here and there and the soda here and there, and it hasn't done good things for our body composition. So this idea that if we do not eat all the time, our metabolism is going to slow down is just wrong. It is not how we were designed, and I did an episode way back when about the two states you can be in from a metabolism standpoint, fasted or fed. Like, that's it. You are either... Using what you have most recently eaten and processing it and storing it and breaking it down or your body is meeting its fuel needs in another way. I mean, we can just keep it as simple as saying as we have increased the frequency of our eating, our body compositions have not changed in a desirable way. But the reality is it's because we don't create a need for our body to break down the body fat because we're constantly giving it fuel. The misunderstanding comes when people say, oh, well, well if I don't eat, my body is going to break down my muscle tissue. And the simple answer to that is, and, and Ella, feel free to jump in and add to this because I know you've talked at length with, with Jimmy Moore about this and you've also you know, read the book and done a lot of the research and had your own experiences. But on Primal, we talk about things being hormonally driven all the time. And fasting is really no different. Okay. Your muscle tissue is not a fuel reserve for your body. Your body fat is. So when we fast, the body is designed to break down the fat tissue for energy. So where do we get this notion that the body is going to break down muscle? And a lot of that comes from the flawed dieting industry. And it's it's actually true that if you go on a crash diet, like think rice cakes and applesauce, your body often will turn to the muscle because of the insulin reaction. When you are on these crazy crash diets, you don't have an, an absence of insulin because you're triggering it. You're increasing your blood sugar when you have these little low-calorie but essentially pure-carbohydrate mini-meals, and so you cannot burn fat when insulin is elevated. You can't. So the difference between that and fasting is that when you're fasting, you're not triggering this insulin reaction. So these very low-calorie diets where we see these these less-than-stellar results, it's because of the insulin effect.
0: I'm so glad that you mentioned it because... I did not understand that until I read the research. And in short, what I'm hearing you say, and what I understood to be true, and which was a big aha for me was caloric restriction depletes muscle. I'm gonna put it, I'm gonna put it in the basest terms possible. Yeah. Caloric restriction depletes muscle. Fasting, your body uses fat for fuel. That was the equation that I needed to understand and then witnessed with my own experiences. And and I come at this from a different perspective than you do. And we end up with the same net result. And I'll, sh- I'll share what I mean. My experience was I was an amateur, but competitive triathlete. And so I do that dirty, dirty thing called endurance athletics. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I came from a world where I not only was told to eat every 90 minutes, I really enjoyed the hell out of eating every 90 minutes and, and, mm-hmm. and, and needed to. Then when my sports and my athletics, took a dive because life, then I was still triggered to want to eat every 90 minutes or so. And, and this is, this is the 32nd version on how Ella gained 12 pounds of pure fat and water in a very short amount of time. And that was, I was eating every time I felt like eating, which was approximately every 90 minutes or so. When you take out running, biking, and swimming and endurance athletics, it turns out that just makes you fat really fast. And it wasn't until I figured out that I was pinging my insulin. That's a scientific term. You should look it up. I was um, (laughs) pinging my insulin over and over and over. And I was never letting my body burn its own fat for fuel. I thought I had to be fully ketogenic in order to make that happen. And fasting and then intermittent fasting is what made me realize that no, I don't have to go carb free for the rest of my life. I can actually create that fasted state and that fat burning state by condensing my eating window. Does that make sense?
1: It does. And what you said about pinging insulin, right? And so, so what, what that means from just a real practical standpoint, when you are constantly grazing or when you are eating every few hours or when you go on that low calorie diet or when you have that, that, uh, standard American diet, not only because you're creating that insulin response, not only are you preventing your body from burning that stored fat, like you just said, the other thing you're doing is you're encouraging your body to store it. And that's why you were, despite being active, you were able to put on weight in such a short time. Like a pro. (laughs) (laughs) You're good at it because of insulin. And so I think that it's super important that we distinguish crash dieting from fasting because it's not the same thing. And if you look at a fast as a crash diet, it's just a fundamental misunderstanding. There's a really great analogy in the book about burning stored fat, and it says, imagine you know you have this this fire burning, and you've got a big pile of wood that you're going to throw on the fire. And then as you decide you need to grow the fire, the fire gets low. You chop up the sofa instead of putting the wood in the fire. And that's like assuming that your body is just going to burn muscle when there is body fat to burn. No, it's not, unless if your body fat is too low, obviously there isn't fat to burn. So you are at risk of burning muscle. So mm-hmm. this for fasting book protocol is not for very lean individuals who do not have excess body fat to burn. But the other and more common scenario is that You aren't letting your body access that fat because you are creating a constant insulin response preventing fat burning. So I think once we understand that, we can see why crash dieting is very bad for your metabolism and can cause muscle loss. Fasting is different.
0: Elizabeth, I think that in addition to drawing a very thick line between caloric restriction and fasting, which I found ironic again, until I did the research myself and, and, and I'm sure that you have a show or shows that we could link to for everybody. I know my audience would appreciate it on the insulin connection. Could we do that in the show notes? Okay. That would be fantastic. And then we'll share the interview with Jimmy Moore as well. But in addition to that, I'll tell you what really sold me on this concept and something I did experience experience um, rather quickly and that was just some of the other benefits at the cellular level if you will that come when we just aren't constantly filling our faces with food and that come with not just intermittent fasting but come more rapidly with extended fasting and so that's going to be things like cellular health anti-aging benefits um, your skin health and just i mean I- i'll be honest with you i was doing facebook live videos throughout the fast and you can tell i'm actually like I'm sort of like, have like a little bit of a fasting glow, if you will, by the third, by the third day, because my eyes are brighter, you know, your skin is like glowing because it hasn't, your, your body just has been freed up of the resource consumptive process that is, that is metabolism and digestion. And so it, it's able to sort of clean house a little bit. The results of that were startling enough that it made me want to do another longer ask.
1: Absolutely and you know just from an anecdotal standpoint that's part of why why I want to do this experiment that you and I are going to talk about in a few minutes is because you know think about what happens when you go on vacation, right? Let's say you're a workaholic like you and I both maybe have have dabbled in a <laughs> <What>? little bit,
0: <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> but what happens when let's say you do not do any work for a week and what you then have time for? The same thing is happening in your body, and I know for me, especially because of my history with obesity and then my history with crash dieting and now the, the challenges my body has with Hashimoto's and inflammation, when you free up your body's resources to not constantly be digesting food, especially foods to which maybe you might be a little bit sensitive. I know for me, as I know I'm sensitive to dairy. I often have it anyway. That takes away resources from my body that could be increasing the number of mitochondria. I have like all sorts of different things. And the studies on longevity with fasting populations are really impressive. They live longer. And for the healing that you're talking about, that you were looking for, that I'm talking about, that I'm looking for... Guys, just from the simplest standpoint, it frees up the resources.
0: It's just like the only time, if you're trying to heal from an injury or trying to heal from a temporary sickness or something of that nature, sleeping is when your body heals. Well, why is that? It's because sleep is when your body is not distracted or consumed with all of these other processes, and it has the resources and the time, if you will, to actually take care of business and so, and and in a fasted state, ironically. And so when we are creating a fasting state it's just a time to let your body focus on some other healing so the group that did this with me the first time they were reporting things like um, reduced joint inflammation reduced joint pain uh, reduced arthritis their skin cleared up in ways like if they were suffering from acne or something like that or even just very dark circles under their eyes all of these things this is all anecdotal but it's people's experiences when their bodies are actually left to to heal and to focus On other areas. I'm keenly interested in that from my own experience.
1: And if I can geek out for just one second, do it. You know, that's the science (laughs) stuff that I like. One of the major benefits of fasting is the impact it has on human growth hormone. People are after this of like the holy grail, Mm -hmm. right? People will pay a lot of money for human growth hormone because of its impact on body composition and metabolism. Now, we are not talking about human growth hormone supplementation or injections. We are talking about our body's own ability to produce human growth hormone, which is this sort of fountain of youth of hormones. The challenge with human growth hormone is that It kind of drops off as we get older. Human growth hormone is the reason that we say, you know, kids and teenagers and growing people can eat whatever they want and, you know, seem to have no consequences. A lot of that has to do with human growth hormone, which drops off as we age. But it doesn't just drop off as we age, it drops off as we eat. And the act of eating suppresses human growth hormone. It's kind of like a lot of our Darn hormones- it. <laughs> I know, right? But a lot of our hormones, and I talk about this a ton in Primal Potential, a lot of our hormones are like a seesaw. When one goes up, the other goes down right? That's just the natural, brilliant balance of our bodies. Human growth hormone is like that. So eating suppresses growth hormone. Growth hormone is highest in the overnight period, especially early morning, right before we wake. That's why they say sleep is so important because that's when the recovery happens. Much of that is a result of human growth hormone. It is our healing anti-aging hormone. Now, not only does eating suppress it, overeating is basically like, get out of here. Mm -hmm. It sends it to the floor. So when we fast, we see natural increases in human growth hormone. And if you're a science geek, you can go to PubMed and search human growth hormone and fasting or in Jimmy Moore and Dr. Fung's book, there's a lot of great citations of the research here that show that it it can double. It can more than double. I mean, some of the increases in human growth hormone during fasts are insane. It's I mean, it really is no surprise that people will say that it is sort of the the sort of holy grail of of health improvement when you can get this natural increase in human growth hormone. That's a lot of you know what you're experiencing with your skin, what a lot of people experience with healing their gut. Thank you, human growth hormone. (laughs) The natural segue though, I think when we talk about hours without food, and I really want to chat more about this, which is sort of more psychological, is hunger. I know that a lot of people those that are thinking okay like i think i could do this for the right reasons i'm not thinking of this as a magic bullet i'm interested i want to know more but uh aren't i going to be miserably hungry and I- i'll share my two cents on this and i'm saying that without having the experience of a 3 day fast like you've done i used to be terrified of hunger and honestly for most of my life i don't even think i ever really experienced anything more than just a mild Hunger thing because just the first twinge of hunger would send me running for food. Now, granted, I was obese, so you know, there's that. But even as I lost weight, I think at times I was almost afraid to be hungry because I felt like if I got hungry, especially if I got quote unquote too hungry, then I would just lose control and eat my face off and never emerge from a food coma. I know for me, something that is continually important is to not be afraid to be hungry and understand that there is a difference between discomfort and pain. Hunger is not an emergency. It's not going to hurt you. It might be uncomfortable, but it is not Painful or dangerous. Now, I'm all about listening to my body. And if I feel hungry, oftentimes I do eat. But hunger is also a spectrum. And I know for me and for most of my clients, I hadn't really pushed the spectrum of hunger because I was afraid to, Mm -hmm. you know? And so one of the reasons, and there are many, and we'll talk about this more before we talk about what you and I are going to be doing together. One of the reasons that I'm kind of embracing this idea of this adventure with you is because. I don't know my hunger spectrum and I want to prove to myself or at least experience that full spectrum of hunger. Oftentimes, I'll feel like I'm really hungry, but then I get caught up in something and then an hour later, even though I didn't eat, I'm not hungry. So I want to be able to better understand and not fear this sensation of hunger instead of being so reactive and impulsive.
0: I'm so glad you raised this issue because this is something that I struggle with. And and frankly, I can't imagine a life in which I don't struggle with this. And, and maybe there is one and I can't wait to get there. But I've been very, very open on my show, Elizabeth, with the fact that I struggle with feeling like my hunger is an emergency, mm-hmm. <laughs> feeling like I have to fill the void very quickly and that I have binge tendencies or cravings that I know they're not real, but I give I succumb to them anyway. And we're very, very real about this on... On my show and I was so interested to see what the three-day fast did for me in managing those feelings and managing those tendencies and I have to say we won't we won't go into it now we'll have lots of time to talk about that but it had a profound impact on my own observations about myself on why I ate and when mm-hmm. I ate that have carried with me still, and I'm really looking forward to doing this extended fast with you so that we can just talk about it and be really frank with people and understand what's actually triggering those feelings that we call hunger and which ones are real and which ones aren't and and what we do when we feel them. And frankly, letting myself feel a little hungry and mm-hmm. and and the world will continue to rotate on its axis.
1: What I'm really excited about is when I allow myself to experience this more complete spectrum of hunger, well, after the fast is over, I'll have a very different understanding of those low levels of hunger. For example, let's say that you've taken a cool shower before, but never a cold shower, right? So you get into that cool shower and it feels really, really cold. Well, if you decide to take a full on cold shower, the next time you experience that cool water, you're like, oh, this is fine. This is nothing. Right. And so you give yourself more context. So creating contrast so that you can have a better understanding. That's what I see this as for me personally. Mm -hmm. I know that if that if I'm doing this thing with you, and I am off the chain, hungrier than I've ever been, well now I feel much more in control and empowered. A few days later when the fast is over, at these low levels of hunger, it's like, I don't don't need to eat right now, I feel good. And I think that oftentimes we don't allow ourselves to experience the full spectrum of anything, whether it's our ability in our workouts, our ability to push ourselves in our career, how much we can invest in a relationship. But when we do that, when we really push ourselves, All of a sudden, we open up so many new options that weren't available to us before and new patterns of response that weren't available to us before. Does that make sense?
0: That is absolutely true. And that has been my experience. I look forward to sharing a little bit more about that as we go. But that is a huge part of my why, Elizabeth, is being able to manage those behaviors and manage those tendencies um, through observation. Through experience and sort of again going kind of far out on the spectrum. I don't know about you. I consider an extended fast like a little bit extreme, and I understand, a
1: of, right? A lot, a yeah, lot. And I, to-
0: and, and I think it's important for us to say that so that people don't think that this is like totally normal. But I want to do that so that I can come back to center. And and I was a little bit worried about that, and that's why I always get very cautious when I get to this point in our conversation because i want to remind people this is not for people for whom this will trigger bad behavior or regressive behavior back into some sort of uh, you know disordered relationship with food yeah. this actually helped me and i hope it will help others with some of their bingy behaviors and and some of the behaviors that that that, that feeling like hunger is an emergency can can drive so i can't wait to hear about people's experiences in that regard
1: and honestly, and you and I shared this before we started recording, if either one of us feel like tanked out, this isn't good, this isn't right, we'll friggin' eat. We're not doing this for like some honor badge. If either one of us feels like, yeah, I'm this isn't good anymore, this goes beyond a sensation of hunger and experimentation, so we'll friggin' eat. Like no no failure.
0: That is correct, madam. Like, I want to be so clear about that. So there's no t-shirt, there's no badge, there's no trophy. This is yeah. a self-experimentation by two lay people who are sharing our observations and experiences with you and look forward to doing so. But if I just feel like death on a plate, there's no good exchange for that, and I will definitely eat. And you'll hear, you hear me say that in episode 90 with Jimmy Moore. He's like, here's the deal. If you feel terrible, eat. You're in control the whole time. And right. this is not a religion like I just want to be so clear about how not dogmatic we feel about this and and everybody you pick any subject and there are people out there who are utter purists and utterly passionate about it and that is completely fine there's room for you here too but everyone that shares in this experience with us is going to do the one protocol that I do believe in and that is do what works for you.
1: Absolutely. Before we talk about what we're going to be doing and, and mm-hmm. kind of share ways we want people to join us, I want to bring up one other thing. I know I'm going to get this question a lot. You and I both work out regularly. And I think there's a lot of questions about how does working out fit into a fasting protocol, whether it is a one day fast or a three day fast or a five day fast or an intermittent fast. And I will say that for me, I work out in an intermittently fasted state basically every time. I don't prefer to eat before my workout But that's my body. That's what works for me. And I know for a lot of other people, they experience it very differently. I am planning to make some changes to my workouts when you and I are doing our fast, which I think you got to listen to your body on this one. I, I don't think that there is any one right answer here other than listen to your body. If you feel like you're doing yourself a disservice because you don't have the energy, don't do it. If you want to play around with it, like I think, you know, Ella, when you and I go through this experience together, we'll probably, we might, you know, go to a yoga class. We might go for a walk. We're not going to be doing anything high intensity or anything like that. Maybe I would do that on day one Mm -hmm. because there's still, you know, some glycogen stores. There's still, you know, fuel in the pipeline, if you will. But from there, I'm just going to listen to my body and what feels good. And I like to move because it makes me feel good. But I also can use the common sense perspective of, I kind of want my body to reserve its resources for the purpose of the fast, which is healing.
0: You know, I did a QA and a episode on fasting when I announced the, the first time that I was going to be doing a three-day fast, and the number one question that I got was, can I have coffee? <laughs> and the number two question. question easily was, can I still work out? I actually think, guys, that this is going to be the hardest part for Elizabeth and I, to be honest with you, because we both enjoy a good workout. So I actually think that this is going to be one of the, one of the hardest parts, but here's the deal. The last time I did this, I believe I did kind of a normal workout on day one because, you know, there's plenty of storage there, as you mentioned, Elizabeth, no harm, no foul. What I didn't do, and bear in mind, it was only three days, but what I didn't do was I didn't do any runs or cycling or anything that's just going to just stoke my hunger. Like, that's just, <laughs> that to me defies common sense. Now, I will say that people in the group that did it with me, there were people that maintained their sort of CrossFit-type workout, and there were people that did... uh few, but a couple of people that mentioned that not only did they run, but they had like the best run of their lives. So I'm going to defer to the do what works for you protocol here. I will tell you that I have no desire to amp up my hunger. I have no desire to engage in extended cardio and stoke my appetite, um, nor to burn through any muscle to use as fuel in that scenario. So, so I'm looking forward to chilling with my buddy EB. I'm looking forward to walking and to doing some yoga and then to doing honestly, kind of whatever we feel like doing and absolutely relaxing my sort of normal routine
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think it also depends on not just how you feel, but like, why are you doing it? And I know for both me and you, Ella, we want our body to be in a healing state. And so we want those resources available. And I think when you, when you add in some type of intense workout for us and our purposes, that's at cross purposes with what we're trying to do. Correct.
0: Well, let's tell people what we're doing.
1: Oh my God. I will tell you that I'm nervous. I have too. When when we first talked about this and agreed on the concept, my comment to Ella was, so we're just going to take a bunch of NyQuil, right? So we like sleep. (laughs) So so it's not that hard because we'll be like unconscious the whole time, right? And of course, there'll be no NyQuil in this protocol. But you know what, Ella? Like, I think this is so crazy. You tell them what we're doing.
0: Okay, so we have set some time aside. We're recording this in February of 2017, and we will be engaging in an extended fasting window in March. So we've actually selected a date window here, and we'll talk to you about how you can join us and participate because certainly you can jump in, jump out, dabble, and needn't commit for the entire duration. But we are going to do a five day fast together. And we're going to start on March 12th of 2017 as we record this. And that means that it will end on March 17th. And what is super fun about this, and frankly, the only reason I am committing to doing a five-day pass (laughs) is that we are going to be doing this largely together. Right, E.B.?
1: Yes, I'm staying at your house.
0: (laughs) Elizabeth's coming over. We're having a fasting slumber party. And every time I start to plan it, I start planning all these meals and all these things. And then I'm like, oh. Oh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, guys. Five days. Now. Five. What that means is our intention going into this is to have a meal prior to the five-day fasting window, then go five days without food. We will have water. I, I will be drinking coffee. That will uh, be happy. Yeah. <laughs> and bone broth as needed or kombucha as needed, but no food. That is the intention. But for those of you thinking you guys are crazy, we're thinking the same thing. Uh-huh. And we are completely open to whatever happens because we are doing this to heal our bodies and better understand our bodies and have the experience for ourselves, but also to share with you. And the cool thing is, and I'm with you, the only reason I'm doing this is because we're like actually going to be in the same place because otherwise somebody would have to lock me up in a padded room with coffee.
0: And NyQuil.
1: Right. Lots of it. But we're gonna be sharing it very real time with you. We're gonna be doing a lot of Facebook Live. We're gonna be doing a lot of different things that are fun and engaging to share with you if we're miserable, if we feel amazing, if she's miserable and I feel amazing, or vice versa. Obviously, I have significantly more body fat on my frame than Ella does. So I would imagine and here's the other thing. Ella has done this for three days before. I've never done a three day fast. I've done a twenty four hour fast.
0: Yeah, but you're like a machine. You- <laughs> uh
1: not like uh, I like you guys, food.
0: Elizabeth is just gonna to knock this out and I'll be curled up in fetal position next to her and you can watch it all on Facebook Live. (laughs)
1: No. It is going to be an experiment for both of us that we're really, really excited about. But here's the thing. When we talked about this and we wanted to engage you as much as we could, we understand that this five-day fast is not a good idea for, I would say, most of you. And so we're trying to to think about some ways that you can participate on different levels. And so for some of you, this might be a really great time to say, I have been eating the sort of standard American diet and and not making the best choices for a while I don't feel so good about. So I'm going to do a whole five with them and I'm going to eat whole foods for five days. And I'm going to be really, you know, compliant with that. Or maybe this is your time where you want to try intermittent fasting, or you want to do your first 24 hour fast with us, or you want to do a three day fast. And so, Ella, you've put together some different options for folks on how they can participate, but we think it's really important to first say this is not for everybody. In fact, not for most people, especially if you have disordered eating behaviors you're struggling with, especially if you do not have body fat to lose, especially if from a mindset perspective you're not approaching this or you're coming from a sort of more standard American diet, not eating um, you a know, clean whole foods diet. But there are ways you can still participate and challenge yourself, and we want to make that easy for you.
0: That's exactly right. So I look at this period, this March 12th week, as an opportunity for every single one of us to pick a habit that we want to practice for this five days. And it is utterly inclusive in that regard. And so we'll actually link to a PDF, a little checklist if you will that'll help you decide, you know, which which habit might be one of the better ones for you to opt into for this period. Because first of all, if you've never intermittent fasted before or fasted before, you don't need to be dropping into a 5-day fast. I mean, come on, guys. It's just common sense. So, right. we want you all to join us in the context that makes sense for you. So, maybe maybe intermittent fasting during this period is a great self-experiment for you. Or as Elizabeth said, just a one-day fast or a two-day fast. You get the idea. Very, very few people need to be dropping into a five-day fast. In fact, Elizabeth and I are telling you right here live on the air, we might not make it (laughs) through a five-day fast. And that is okay because what we're really doing is treating this as a five-day period of extreme observation Mm -hmm. And in our case, extreme transparency, you're going to live it with us. So whether or not you are active on Facebook, boy, you want to get on there for this week because you're going to see it all.
1: Yes. And we are going to have a private Facebook group for folks that want to either observe our experience and not participate in any way or participate in any of the ways that we just uh, explained on this spectrum of commitment based on where you are at in the context of your ability and your readiness for change so we're gonna have this private facebook group we're gonna have um, some emails going out and, and like ella said full freaking transparency. For the majority of the fast, we will be in the same place. And so we will be sharing everything with you guys. Um, If we're really feeling like, like we have great energy or low energy, how we're handling the hunger, like we'll talk about it. We're going to air those conversations about coping with the hunger and how it impacts our focus. Because Ella and I work a lot We've got multiple hats that we wear, and while, yeah, we're going to be having this extended slumber party, we still have to work every day. We still have to produce. We still have to do our jobs, and so how does that impact? Are we snarky? Are we, like, yes. ready to kill each other? And, and we want to really make that available to you, so there will be lots of different ways to participate, including just observing what we're doing.
0: Oh, my gosh. I'm nervous again.
1: <laughs> I am I am very nervous so you had this experience with a 3 day fast. I've never done that and I shared with you just before we started recording and I want to and I want to share it here because it'll be up on my blog. Mm-hmm. I have never done anything more than a 24-hour fast. And so this week, I want to kind of test my hunger a little bit. So during this week, I am going to be doing a, a basically an intermittent style fast, a, a limited fast. Not, I'm not going without energy or anything like that, but I'm going to be sharing that experience over on my blog at primalpotential.com for the sole purpose of kind of getting myself a little bit prepared for this and also because... I feel like I want to challenge myself. We want to experience that full spectrum, right? Like we want to see how we handle challenge.
0: Yeah. And I'll be honest, I could not do this guys without the support of Elizabeth. And and one thing that I definitely discovered and that I was very open about the last time I did this was that the accountability actually ended up being 90% of the equation for me. And we want to create that for you because we can't all have a slumber party at my house, although you are so welcome. Um, but not only will we create that experience for you, but also we want you to feel the accountability and the support of one yeah. another in this community. 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 And that honestly, Elizabeth, that ended up being the sole reason, because I didn't mention this when I did the three day water fast, which was, it was hard. And I got snowed in, couldn't oh. work, couldn't leave in my ha- And what's like the best thing to do when you're snowed in? It's to eat warm, comforting foods and, mm-hmm. you know, and curl up by a fire or something. And I had none of those options available to me and I was going insane. And the only reason that I was able to stick it out was because of the community. And so in this case, Elizabeth and I are creating our own accountability partnership. And then we want to extend that accountability and support to you. So we definitely invite you to jump into the small group uh, that we have created for you in Facebook and then to to just join in this community whether you're lurking whether you're dabbling it doesn't matter where you are you are welcome and I want to point out that the show notes for this show are going to be chalk full of resources even more than normal for both of us i dare say elizabeth we will have links to so many different resources that we've already created that you'll want to benefit from and start doing some of your own research but i love elizabeth that you're you're flexing your fasting muscle before we get started i think that's really really important and i would encourage anyone who's considering doing any phase of this fast in march to go ahead and start practicing flexing their fasting muscle whether it's intermittent fasting um, um, or even dabbling in a twenty-four hour fast or something of that nature.
1: Absolutely, and 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 you know when you you know when we say you know flex your muscle and what I'm doing over the next few days, it's really about playing with hunger a little bit and getting comfortable with that mm-hmm. sensation and breaking the the rhythm and the routine of I have I kind of have a very predictable eating schedule and and I want to step out of that so that I feel a little bit more prepared and I would encourage you to think about what that what that preparation means for you maybe it's that you pick up Jimmy Moore and dr. Fung's book which we will link to in the show notes maybe it's that you Think about how you could participate in a way that represents an improvement for you, but also makes sense given your mindset and given your history and makes a logical sense for you in terms of a next step. Just do something to consider, how can I incorporate this? Maybe all you do is start to pay more attention to your hunger on a day-to-day basis, and that's it, right? So what we'll be doing is putting together a series of of starter information for ways you can participate, and there are a couple ways you can do this. If you go over to the show notes, you can just join the private Facebook group uh, where we will be sharing during that fasting week. Uh, You can also get on the email list. You can go to the show notes to do that. We have created a separate list for people who want to participate in that challenge. You can get on that list on the show notes for this episode, or you can also text the word March. 2017. So March 2017. If you text that no space to the number 33444. So it's text March 2017. To the number 33444, you'll be on that email list. And we'll be sharing some information as we gear up into our five-day fasting challenge and all the different ways that you can participate or just observe and watch and learn and be entertained because it will certainly be that. Um, But we'll be putting together some different pieces of information for you as we go.
0: Elizabeth, I'm excited and I'm excited for everybody who might join us in here. And I just want to say that this topic and this plan that we have, it raises so many questions, understandably, and just know that we can't communicate all of it in one little episode with you, but we will be sharing so much information with those of you who are interested as we go. So join us in one of these forums in any of the ways that Elizabeth has explained, and there's just so much more to come.
1: Absolutely. So at a minimum, check out the show notes for additional information or to get on the email list or join the private Facebook group. And you'll be hearing more from us on this as we get closer. We're really, really excited. But also keep in mind the theme here is that we're very open and we're very curious and we're doing this to understand our bodies better and give them a chance to heal.
0: And to have a week-long slumber party.
1: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) All right. More to
1: come. Take care, guys.